Buenos dias, mis amigos. Clark Van Dievender here from Major Gifts Fundraiser. Hope that you are having a great day. All right, here it is, folks. Major Donor Giving Secrets Part 3. All right, in the last episode of the podcast, we had part two of this three-part program. All right, so if you are just dropping in and you haven't listened to parts one and two, you may want to go back and listen to those parts first. All right, this episode, part three of three. All right, we're going to hear donors talk about the importance of the thank you. Um, A lot in this episode about making gratitude part of your organization's DNA, uh, the joy of giving, and passion. All right, the passion of the people who work for your organization. And you're going to hear donors talk about what they like in fundraisers. All right. Without further ado, here we go. Part three of Major Donor Giving Secrets. I don't understand sometimes or or ever, like, how we're not able to do this. Like, you work for an organization, like, because you value the mission of your organization. These are your values, right? And your donors are are people who share your values. So I, I never quite get it how we don't just exude gratitude, like everyone who's working with us, whether they're a donor or a volunteer or coming to one of our events or programs, like how do we not just exude gratitude and, and just be ready to link arms with these people who share our values? Right. And I know I hear you talking to some clients and you're like, yeah, you, you know, did you get your thank yous out? Have you, you said thank you? Do you have systems in place to thank these people? And there's a lot of pushback from that. They're like, really, do I need to say thank you this many times? And, you know, isn't it going to be over the top? And, do you know, do I really need to have everybody, a whole culture of gratitude <laughs> right. at my organization? And Right, like, I can't believe that. You seem that, so frustrated right, with them. Right, like, how many times, like, it's like talking to my kids. Like, how many times do I have to say thank you? Right, you know, yeah. like, you should be exuding things. Right. And the Tilsons do a great job talking about actually the organization you learned this from, how, how that makes right. them feel. So, yeah, let's, let's, play, let's play this this quote from, from uh, John. How it is there. But in that organization, everybody is always thanking you. Mm-hmm. Everybody. Yeah. I mean, it's just part of the DNA over there. Yes. You know, thank you for coming. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being with us. You know, it, yeah. it's like yeah. that's it's, just it's, a, that's just an automatic. <laughs> so yeah, I think why in my mind YAF really stands yeah, out. Of course, we're involved more in YAF sure. too than we are, but but we're always being thanked uh-huh. by YAF. Is there, more. <laughs> all right, that's what I'm talking about. It, it's the DNA that John refers to. It was it was in our DNA there. Like we just had a culture of gratitude. And that's that's where you want to get. Like, it's not a question of like, did you send your seven thank yous? It's like, you can't stop saying thank you because you are genuinely grateful. Right. And did you catch Lori? It was kind of in the background, but she said, they thank us all the time and we give more. Right. And like, she actually said, we give more because they thank us so much. Right. So, the, yeah, establishing a culture of gratitude that really goes from the executive director, from the CEO, from the president, down to the groundskeepers, right? Like, I mean, when I was at the Reagan Ranch, this was like a thing, right? Like, if you saw me walking around with somebody, 
you didn't like run and hide. You interjected yourself in my pathway to so that when I walked by you, you would have an opportunity to say thank you to the donor. Right. And and like this was just ingrained in us. This right. was the way we operated. Right. All right. So we got this next quote from Jake where, where Jake talks about this culture of gratitude that he saw in another organization. You know, I would say the best organization I've gave to uh in multiple ways, through money, through time, through through connections, is the food bank mm-hmm. in 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 Phoenix. Um, everything was polished, right? Like when when we went in as a family to to donate our time, mm-hmm. it's like they were on point, and the people were thank you so much. Here's here's how your time is going to help these individuals and here's the game plan um their their kind of communication was always polished mm-hmm. whether it was a letter asking for for an ask uh, a donation or just kind of a general state of the union here's here's what we've accomplished here's where we're heading um that was an organization that really had everything in order probably the the best that that i've seen to date so is that just fundraising staff or is that across the board it was it was in every interaction Mm -hmm. so sometimes uh you know sometimes i was interacting um through mutual connections with like the ceo of Mm -hmm. Hey, you know, my company wants to do a service project. We're we're thinking about volunteering at your organization. What would that look like? Um, sometimes it was showing up as kind of a complete stranger with my kids, just saying, "Hey, we want to help out today. Mm-hmm. What what can we do?" And and throughout the organization, I think they just they had this culture where they were just genuinely grateful Mm -hmm. for whether whether you wrote them hundreds of thousands of dollars big checks or whether you showed up to donate two or three hours of your time like there was a a genuine uh amount of gratitude all right there we have it expressing gratitude a culture of gratitude being on point in all areas thank you thank you thank you Thank you for being here. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your $100,000 gift, whatever it is. It's thank you. It's gratitude. All right. And then, right, of course, the best way, Monica, right? The best way to express our gratitude is sending something big and expensive to our donors, right? What I think they believe is creative is sending me something big and expensive in the mail. And it pisses me off. Because I know how much it's spent. Yeah, it's like, don't waste money on that. Pick up the phone and call me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. All right. So, so if it's not sending something big and expensive, and, and we'll play a clip in a second of, of an organization giving John and Lori a gift certificate to the Four Seasons and how little that meant to them. Right. So if it's not sending something big and expensive. And it's not a gift certificate. And, and it's not a gift certificate how how do we like yeah so i think what what came out was they really want donors really want you to say thanks in a way that makes them feel significant in the organization it makes them feel like 
they're contributing, like they're, uh, they're a vital part of the organization. So, you know, some people mention like being recognized, uh, uh, John Tilson says, as a person of significance. Sometimes it means like getting special access either to the like uh, the founders. Well, it was per- person of purpose was the title. Oh, person of purpose. But okay, it, yeah. it does go back to that significance. Like we all want significance. I want significance in my work, right? right. Like I want to know that my work matters. Um, so like a mother wants to know that like her role as a mother matters. The father wants to know that his role as a father matters. Right. A donor wants to know that his or her role as a donor matters, right. that they're involved in something. So that it goes back to that word significance. And I think that, that sometimes in fundraising, um, or when people look cynically at, at donors to organizations where like, oh, they're, they're searching for significance. With their gift. Yes, they are searching for significance. We're all searching right. for significance. It's not a bad thing that they're searching for significance. This is a noble quest. Right. And we have the opportunity to give that to them. Which, right. Which is fantastic. And, you know, it doesn't have to be something, you know, big and elaborate, you know, like a person of purpose or a, a yearly thing. A lot of people, they love getting letters from students that they're impacting or from, you know, people that they've been involved with, people they've directly helped. If they have, you know, that connection with them, that helps. Like, Came up in several interviews, the, <laughs> the letters from recipients of services yeah, um, or or actually being being there and, and being able to, to give a gift that that impacted someone's life in yep. a special way. Yep. And, and we asked this question, you know, on, on the joy and there was a donor who gave an answer. It was a relatively small gift compared to other gifts they've given. But man, they lit up so when they joy. talked about it. All right, we're going to play now a couple of clips on on donors and and giving experiences. And um, they also have a. Uh, that they have a big cocktail party every year uh, for their large gift givers, and it's uh, it's not money that's coming out of United Way. It's normally somebody donates the wine, somebody donates their house, somebody one of the banks donates the orders, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and so you, you you feel that they, boy, they value uh, you know what we do for United Way and what we've given to United Way, and that they have many different ways of thanking you for that. And um, and they, they, and all their the, the usual things everybody does at the annual report listing their donors and by category and whatever. But it's some of those other smaller things mm-hmm. that you mentioned They're a little more personal that are more personal, and it's easy to do. The case of Hillside House, I mean, they went out of their way. They, I mean, I wish they really wouldn't do it, but but when they gave us that uh, that uh, you know the gift certificate down to the Four Seasons. Yeah, but then they made him a, the, the, not this this year, but last year, person of purpose. There's one person that's honored every year, and so that he was honored last year as being, you know, so in that case, that's how, you know, he was mm-hmm. acknowledged. And with DVS, and they also gave, they also gave us stuff. Well, that, yeah, in the beginning, Jim, yeah. would, he, he was in charge. He gave us this gift certificate for John participating. We said, don't do that. Yeah. You know, you don't need to yeah, acknowledge it financially. We're giving to you. Yeah. You don't need to get back. <laughs> yeah, I, we, we don't want a rebate, okay? Yeah, so that, that doesn't make sense. Uh, there was two gifts we made on the trip. We contributed some money in different places. But the, the one gift, toward the end of our stay at the convent, uh, one day I was walking in, and I noticed uh, 
uh, in one of the little dark rooms off of the kitchen, the, the, the girls were watching a TV that uh, was well, an old computer screen, must have been 15 years old. And you could hardly, it was all fuzzy. You could hardly see any TV on it. And then uh, in a room next to it, the nuns had their TV. And it was, now it was one, uh, you know, one of the old deep TVs and couldn't see anything on it. So I thought, hmm, oh, that gives me an idea. <laughs> so I, I went with uh, one of the local guides that we had. I said, let's go uh, to the closest TV store we could find. And I bought two flat screen TVs. Uh, and Marsha and I were the primary donors. We were going to donate it all, but we wanted to have the rest of the group have a chance to throw in some money, which they did. And then when we presented that to the nuns and to the girls, the reaction, and once we had it hooked up, we had somebody come and hook it up and put cable in versus rabbit ears and uh -huh. everything. It was unbelievable. Uh -huh. Because they had no nothing to do at night there, you know, and it was just... Uh, you know, it was it was a game changer for that. It made a world of difference. <laughs> mm -hmm. So when it's unusual that when you can give money or something and then see the the recipient and how they react to it and what a difference it makes for them. So that was one of the two things that we did there. The I mean, we did many other great was things. was when we brought in food and clothing and stuff for these fishermen families they're the, the, the poor families lowest and below and we came up in our little minibus got off and they're all standing outside waiting for us with a wreath of flowers and they all came up and they put these on your head and they gave you a hug and then afterwards coming up and oh thank you thank you and then what we gave them wasn't much <laughs> i mean here, but would be, a lot. Yeah, they were. That was to me. It was just hard, hard wrenching. Yeah, I mean, it was wonderful, and it was really made me cry. So one, one last one that we did there was uh, the the sister that ran the Mother Teresa uh, home. Um, I was talking to her, asking her where she was from, and she said the Philippines, and. Um, and I said, well, do you get to go home very often? She says, well, you only get to go home every 10 years. And I said, well, when's the next time you can go? Well, this year, if I, but I don't have enough money for the airfare. And I, so we gave me the money for the Wow. <laughs> you know, I mean, that was a huge Well, sometimes thing. it's yeah. presenting the opportunity to do something, and sometimes it's somebody yeah, so else. So it's totally unplanned, you know, uh -huh. just do it because you see the need and you can see. That it would be very helpful. So well, I find these these fascinating because I, I mean, obviously, I, I know that you've given bigger gifts, oh, right? Oh, yes, yes. But those, like no, those, you, oh more gosh, meaningful. These, you're, you're there. You're in the moment. You see right. it. You see the impact. You see the person who who it touches. You see yeah. the gratitude. The, I, I think it's really neat. Yeah. Yeah to be feeling very passionate about the organization. I thought they were doing a great service for the community. I got to know the women. I worked behind the scenes. Um, I worked on the annual fundraiser. I We weren't big donors in the sense of writing checks, but I gave a lot of my time because I became very passionate about what the organization was doing. And the thing that drives all of this is passion. 
passion. Like we're committed to building these relationships and having real relationships. And we're committed to doing the, the hard work and being professionals because we're driven by passion. Like we actually care about the work that we do. We care about propelling our missions forward. And this came up again and again and again in our interviews where donors talked about the leaders exuding passion and needing to feel like the leaders of the organization were all in. So let's let's cue up some of those clips. So I want to come back to this regard for staff because mm-hmm. it's come up with you. So what leadership is is key, right? Mm-hmm. Le- the the people who make up an organization are the organization. Mm-hmm. So what are you looking for? What are the qualities of an organization of an organizational leader that you think make them effective both in leading the organization and in communicating with their donors? <laughs> well, I think I, I think you have to have a passion for what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to be you got to be all in. I saw that he was not passionate about the welfare of his of the people that he didn't put them first, you know, whatever it might be that, that you are there to bat for this organization and what they represent, who they represent, whatever he was not, it was more about what he, what he needed, what he wanted to do. And so that's where I lost interest. Mm -hmm. The people before that, they had deep passion. So passion. For the, for the, for the the people. What have been some of the, um, traits in nonprofit leaders, whether it's executive staff, fundraisers, what have been the traits that you've observed that you think make them successful? Yeah, I mean, I, I think they've got to be authentic, right? High level of integrity. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've got to have a, an energy or a passion for for what they're doing, right? So it goes, it goes beyond just, uh, you know, them being good at their job, but then being tied to their job because they've got the skill sets and the knowledge mm-hmm. and the background to be a good CEO or to be a good fundraiser or, or leader of, of an organization. But it's, it's, it's all of those things. Plus, they're just totally aligned and excited uh-huh. about what what they're doing. Uh, a good leader not only carries out the mission of the organization, interacts well in the community, but also interacts well with the existing contributors and board mm-hmm. and volunteers. Mm-hmm. That gets them to want to, uh, you know, do even a better job, mm-hmm. and and also. Uh, shares recognition with them in terms of when things are going well and it's not a well i did this i did that it's we as a group Mm -hmm. all right so we're doing the hard work this is the hard work of fundraising that we do because we care about our mission we care about our cause we care about our organization so let's talk about uh doing the hard work and being a professional like what does it mean to to act professionally with our donors like not just to be their friend right because like i have lots of friends sure Sure. i wouldn't say i'm a professional with my friends so what does it mean to to be professional with my donors well and i think that you know you've had some experiences with this too where like people go into meetings with donors and they're so friendly 
but they never exude that professionalism. They never ask strategic questions. They never ask for a gift. They never really set up that this is a professional relationship. And it ends up backfiring on them a lot of times. Right. So you have fundraisers who go in and it's like the whole reason they're there is to thank them for their gift. And and the donor starts to think, well, this is just my friend. But you can position yourself as a professional by, yes, asking good strategic questions, listening to gift, talking about your experience, working with other donors and asking for gifts and closing gifts. And you sort of set up like I'm a. I'm a professional. This is what I do. And several of the donors talked about how like, hey, this guy was my friend, but I knew he was a fundraiser. (laughs) And like, I respected that. And Rob in particular has a long story about how he went to an event for an organization that he wasn't even really that involved with, but they were so professional that he gave to them. And then, you know, his heart kind of followed after that money. Right. We talked about uh, and with most donors, there was this, there's the, Rob had this great quote where he said in, in almost all cases, the zero, because we asked donors about the psychology of adding zeros to their gift as they, as they became more, uh, big givers over time. And Rob said in almost all cases, the zeros belatedly halt followed the heart. Like it was a shame they hadn't given sooner because their heart was already there. But in this particular case, this organization was so professional that he said that their heart followed their wallet, that they they were professional, and their professionalism persuaded them to give a bigger gift. And then over time, that organization won its way into their heart. So let's play this clip from Rob. When when you started to give bigger gifts, you were given all these groups, right? You winnow it down, a few started to become important to you. What was the, psychologically, what was it like adding a zero? Like the first time you add a, a, a Z, like every time you would move up from a hundred to a thousand, like what, what goes on psychologically? Is it hard or what's no. the, what's the jump? What happens? No, it, it, by the time we get around to doing it, it probably mostly feels like it's about time. We finally did this because mm. we've, we've loved what they're doing for a long time. And Finally, we're doing what we should have done all along, kind of the thing. So the, now, the 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 wallet follows the heart. The heart's already there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, well, it goes both ways. Okay, you know, like I'm talking about the other way. Then. All right, like well, the foundation um, or whatever they call the uh, the fellowship for yeah um, the performing arts. We already like what they were doing. We like them more now because we're giving them more. You know, uh-huh. I mean, that's, it's like, yeah, we, we, we stepped it up, um, without getting any material benefit from it, mm-hmm. but we, we just, because of the presentation, we cared about them more than we had before. Mm-hmm. We therefore gave them more than we had before mm-hmm. and continue to care about them mm-hmm. more. Um, everything was polished, right? Like. When, when we went in as a family to, to donate our time, it's like they were on point and the people were, thank you so much. Here's, here's how your time is going to help these individuals. And here's the game plan. Okay. So these interviews have been so great. And, and we wanted to keep this program to about an hour long. And I can't tell you how hard that was. 
because there was just so much good stuff in here. But we've captured some of the, the big themes, the things that came up in multiple interviews over and over again. But there was so much we couldn't fit it into this one program. We're even over an hour already, and we still have so much good stuff we couldn't get in. Like the, the part where donors are talking about all the mail they receive, you know, like how often they're being contacted by organizations they support and they complain about that, but they complain and then they say they didn't mind getting it from organizations that had broken through with them and were really important to them. Yeah. And when we talked about how the big giving decisions are made with the spouses and, you know, how they communicate about their charitable giving between the two of them. And then another big one that came up over uh, multiple interviews was donor involvement um, and how so many major donors started out as volunteers. They were giving their time and their talent to organizations before they were giving their treasure. So you should really go and get the full interviews from us. They're just gold. There's so many insights in there. And to access those, you can just check the email that you received with this audio or log into the members area to access them. All right. It's fun asking questions like these. Um, by the way, these questions I was asking in these interviews, they're really the same types of questions I ask in any donor meeting. Questions about what motivates giving. Like, what do they want to accomplish? And when you ask these types of questions, you learn that what donors really want, what they really want, is to change the world. Now, listen to this quote from Jake. All right, so what do you, what do you want to accomplish with your giving? What do I want to accomplish? Um, change. Mm -hmm right like yeah. change and 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 it depends on what organization of, of what, what change, the change is, is mm -hmm. but it's it's creating change mm -hmm. right and and for some people that change might be a, a museum that right. expands people's mind to appreciate history and for others it's youth programs mm -hmm. and for others it's the environment um but ultimately, I think innately as human beings, we want to make things better, right? And and in the nonprofit world, it's a it's an avenue mm -hmm. because there's people who are dedicating their lives to make things better. Yeah. All right, that's fantastic. Change. I mean, what a joy it is to work with people, to partner with people, to befriend people who want to do that, who want change who want to change lives, save lives, change the world. And when you think about it that way, for me, for me, it's not a big leap to think that what we offer as fundraisers to our donors, it's not just like totally off the charts amazing. And I'm always saying this, I'm always telling my clients, our goal should be that our donors would get more joy out of giving to our organization than anything else they could do with their money, charitable or otherwise. I mean, certainly we should make it our goal that our donors would get more joy and satisfaction out of giving to us than they could to any other organization. But I mean, seriously, come on. Like, what could you do with your money that will bring you more joy than changing the world? And that's what we have to offer, an opportunity to link your donors 
with that feeling, that experience, that satisfaction, that joy. You think I'm crazy? <laughs> like seriously, listen again to Jake. People maybe come into situations where they can get more and and I think every step of the way there there's a sense of uh you know responsibility mm -hmm. and and I think uh you know gratitude I always walk away mm. when I've put real thought and really understood what the needs are like it's all, it's it's kind of a spiritual I'm not super religious anymore but for me it's a it's a spiritual exercise of really thinking through and and fully feeling the impact mm. right that that's mm -hmm. that that's going to have all right that is the end of part 3 that's it but wait, there's more. All right. We have put together a written report, a written summary of major donor giving secrets. You can email me to get a copy of that report at Clark at MajorGiftsFundraiser.com. You can also email me to get access to the full audio. It's about five hours of interviews. If you are interested in the written report and the full audio, email me. Clark at MajorGiftsFundraiser.com. At Major Gifts Fundraiser, we are honored to have the opportunity to partner with organizations to help you raise more money than ever before by developing deeper and more meaningful relationships with your donors than you ever thought possible. The question is, why aren't you a client yet? Why haven't you signed up for Peak Performance Fundraising? Our program Peak Performance Fundraising is not only the best fundraising training available, it's a system for you to work. You get access to training videos and the course is broken down into 10 modules. And each module comes with challenge questions and action steps for you to take. Like, do you ever wonder, am I doing the right things? Or how do I even know if I'm on the right track? All right, sign up for Peak Performance Fundraising. You can also check out our program, The Noble Call of Fundraising, and we have lots of other ways we can help you, like our Major Gift Startup, our Stewardship Basic Setup, the Development Office 365. You can bring me into your organization. All right, so shoot me an email to set up a call for us to talk about how we can help you. Again, the email, clark at majorgiftsfundraiser.com, or you can just go to majorgiftsfundraiser.com. All right. Thanks so much for listening to this program. I hope you'll share it with your colleagues. And if you've never done so before, please give us a top rating wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day.